Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm Dan Barker and I'm here in the studio with today's guest. He runs a business that his mum started uh, in the late 90s, um, doing guardianship for overseas students who are coming to study in the UK. Uh, he's based in Malvern, but um, with with students up and down the country at some of the most prestigious academic uh, institutions in the in the whole country. Uh, he is Ben Hughes. Hi Ben, how are you Hi doing? Hi Ben, thanks so much for having me. No worries, nice thank you. Here. Thank you very much for coming in. I appreciate your time because you've got a lot going on. As do you. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you again. Um, but before we get started, your website mm. is pippersguardians.co.uk. Uh, and you're on the LinkedIn's as well, aren't you? Correct. I think yep. doing you're doing quite a bit more on the LinkedIn definitely, recently. I've definitely. seen definitely we've updated our social media campaign. Cool, um, cool. So yeah, no, it's going well. It's busy. Yeah, yeah. Do you find LinkedIn good for you? I love it. I love yeah. it. Not just for connecting with other professionals, but also for updating Pippers about the market, what's going on in the world, global trends, um, the useful information. I really enjoy LinkedIn. It's probably what my the the work platform I enjoy the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the same. It's kind of mm. like positive, isn't it? I think mm. you don't get people going on there and ranting about rubbish and no. uh, stuff like that. And do you, do you get work through that? I mean, do you a little bit? Which yeah, a little bit. So sometimes overseas partners they look on LinkedIn, um, and we can be introduced to them that way. Mm-hmm. A lot of the schools we work with post document or articles on LinkedIn as well. So you know we can comment on those or read those, and and we all, we also post quite a lot as well. Um, right, okay, yeah. about what we're up to so it's great for visibility mm-hmm. and it's great to let everyone know what you're up to but also to see what they're up to and yeah more importantly yeah. keep up to date with what's going on in the world and yeah in yeah. our world that's student recruitments you yeah know, how many students yeah. are coming to the uk and what are the trends and working what they're working out what they are is critical mm-hmm. so yeah linkedin is is a good platform for that yeah, yeah, and then um, I remember because you you have a lot of Chinese students yep. come over, don't you? Is it is it WeChat the Chinese one? Yeah, well done. Yeah, so mm. WeChat is WeChat is the WhatsApp of mainland China. Yeah, but it's also how you order your taxis and um, pay for things. You know, Louise and I, my wife and I, were in um, Chengdu in China, and we ordered a coffee. And we physically couldn't pay with cash, even though we had cash on us. They just <laughs> really? don't take it. Um, really? You have to pay through the app. Really? And the app is WeChat. Right, it's okay. also like the Facebook, so you can upload um, photos or videos. I mean, it's it's uh, how people in mainland China communicate right, okay. um, nowadays. And uh, it is a huge tool for us. Yeah, and for yeah. any businesses wanting to do business in China, WeChat is, is the way to go. There's and no other way. You sort of put out posts on there like you would do on Facebook and LinkedIn and stuff like that as well. That's right. So you can put your own personal posts out. Mm-hmm. So you can go for a walk and put some nice photos of flowers up, which we do every now and again. Yeah. When we visit schools, we put that up there. Um, but also we have a, a professional page, a Pippa's Guardians page. Mm-hmm. So we update our customers with what we're up to on WeChat, right, which works okay. similar to LinkedIn. They then comment, like, share, um, and it's incredibly powerful. Is it? Yeah. And, and not, not only that, but it's, it's a WhatsApp tool. It's a, so you can communicate directly with your customers, right, um, okay. chatting one-to-one. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. So, and it is really, in mainland China, has really replaced the email, from what I can tell. Really? A lot of parents won't look at emails. Right, okay. You reach at them and they're, they're back to you straight away. Okay, so it's just a different way of communicating. Um, yeah. And I think you know, it's the dominant app in China. I sometimes wonder if we'll go that way, just like moving away from emails, because like, it's a bit like... You know, writing handwritten posts seems mm. like really long form now. Sort of mm. emails seem quite long form, and we're gradually moving more towards mm. direct messages and stuff, I suppose. And people <laughs> want instant communication, don't they? Yeah, they don't yeah, have to wait yeah. for an email back. They prefer yeah. WhatsApp, which they can see if you've read it or not. Yeah, um, yeah. And a lot of my customers in main in Hong Kong as well, they they all communicate on WhatsApp. Right. Okay. So they're they're moving away from email as well. Right. Okay. Um, it's for us, we prefer email, yeah. but we've got to respond to what our customers want. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time, that's what's happened in WeChat. 
hard to uh, sort of take a break from though, isn't it, with the direct messages and yeah. stuff, I guess. Relentless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we're lucky in a way because uh, Asia's ahead of us, so we wake up and yeah. never, ever do you check your phone and there's no messages on there. I mean, yeah, there's always sure. messages. So, yeah, you have to because quite quickly you can find yourself just typing away on your phone all day. Yeah. Not really getting anything done. So um, How do you manage that? You have to, you have to really carefully manage it. Yeah. yeah, like any like any business, I guess you have to manage yourself and manage your time. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I think our customers have to sometimes get used to the fact we don't respond straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, if we're doing other things or we're not not working, then so be it. You know, yeah. they, they can wait. Yeah, um, but it, it, it it's difficult because they. They know you've probably read the message and they want to respond. Um, and it yeah. is a real challenge for us as a company. We're definitely not nine to five. It, we're the polar opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, you know, we're looking after people's children and you mm-hmm. can't do that only between nine and five. No, sure. So um, we have to look after ourselves to make sure we don't respond to messages at four in the morning mm-hmm. or when you're making dinner yeah. or all those family time. You know, yeah. that, that is not the time for work yeah. uh, where it would be quite easy to respond to them. Yeah, um, sure. so you have to be, to be honest, you have to be disciplined, right? Yeah, on yeah. on on, on um, communication and. Responding you sort of to set yourself times when you sit mm. down and do all your WeChat messages, and That's it. It's, it's, yeah. that, everyone works differently. Um, I think a lot of my 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 team do, yeah, for sure. Mm. You know, they or they don't have their work phone with them. Perhaps right. they go for a yeah. dog walk or their whatever. Um, and for me, it's a little little different. Um, I just have to be a bit more disciplined. Yeah. I just, I, I often just reply and say, I'll let you know tomorrow. Yeah. And then yeah. make sure I set myself a reminder to, to reply the next day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it can be very intrusive. Yeah. It's so easy to like slip into just checking stuff like that too regularly, isn't it? When you're mm. at home and things and mm. you're like, can't I just walk down the, the hallway mm. without checking my phone? Or yeah. Something? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're designed, aren't they? To keep you going back to them. Yeah. That's they want you looking yeah. at them the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's it's tricky, but um, you, you have to be disciplined. Yeah. I also, te- I've turned off all the alerts on my phone, mm-hmm. yeah, with yeah. the exception of the phone ringing. Yeah. So never will it make a noise. Yeah, fair play. If someone rings. Yeah. And often yeah. I turn it on silent. Yeah. <laughs> so, so at least it's not beeping, you know? Yeah, Because yeah. that would drive me completely bonkers. Yeah, yeah, that would be crazy. Cause, and also it distracts you, doesn't it? I, I think I read something once where... They said if you like just see a notification, you know, if you're if you're busy doing some work and you see a notification, they reckon it takes you something like twenty minutes to get back to the same level of concentration as you were at on, on the work you were doing, you right. know. Just from looking up and kind of Yeah seeing it. I should probably check out if that's the actual number, but it, you know, it was something like that. it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't surprise me. Um and like I said, they want you to check your phones all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are necessary <laughs> evil, are they not? <laughs> they are, yeah. But then I suppose, you know, they also allow us to communicate yep. with people in China, you know, on a one-to-one basis, which is pretty amazing, really, isn't and it? And the, the great thing, I mean, obviously, we know this laptop, mobile, you know, I can work anywhere in the UK yeah. or overseas. Yeah, and yeah. people don't know. So you don't have yeah. to physically be in the office anymore. It's great for team spirit and the community and yeah, seeing your yeah. colleagues but uh, I'm going to Devon on Sunday for the week yeah and uh, I'll be working but it no one my customers don't need to know yeah yeah um, that's right and nor does nor does really my team it's you know I'll, I'll still be working just just diff- slightly differently when I'm down there yeah yeah so yeah. double-edged sword is it not well yeah then it's the question is it holiday I know <laughs> well Gina, funny you say that so last summer after the lockdown and the horrendous COVID hit and really affected us. I took two weeks off to go to France and mm-hmm. I said to my wife, I'm not working. I, mm-hmm. I had enough. I mm. turned my phone and my laptop off for two weeks, obviously with have someone covering all my community. Came back, I swear, the business was running better than when I left it. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to Louis, I said, I should do this much more um, because I wasn't needed, right? right okay. and, um, yeah, yeah. and I thought this is refreshing. Yeah, yeah. And it was the first time in quite a while I've ever just completely turned off all my work stuff and just thought, you know what? I yeah. don't need this for two weeks. And it carried on working. And, and I you? swear it's better without me. And um, <laughs> I, and, uh, and, I'm, and I want to do it a lot more. Yeah. But yeah. I'm lucky. I don't know. I expect a lot, a lot of people um, you interview, I love what I do. Yeah. I, I'm very fortunate. So working on holiday, it's, I mean, it's not ideal, but it's not 
it's not a pain. It's not arduous, yeah, I'm not, sure. I'm not sort of lifting bricks or doing anything strenuous. I'm type, typing, basically. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and doing stuff that you love. Yeah, so I'm really, really fortunate in that regard. So, yeah, yeah, it's slightly painful, but it's it's only a week, and it all. I don't. I love what I do. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, let's get into that then, because uh, Pippa's Guardians was started by your mother. Yep, Pippa. Pippa. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back in 1997, Correct. if I remember from uh, two minutes ago when I asked you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, cool. Okay, so tell us about how she. Well, tell us about what it does, because I mean, when I first. Came came across you and or you came across me. I can't remember and uh, heard about it. I'd never really heard of guardianship yeah. and everything, but clearly it's an, a whole industry. And and yeah, tell us tell us what it does first it's, of all. It's very niche. Yeah, um, lots of people never never heard of it. Um, mm. So long story short, um, all overseas students, including EU students who come to UK boarding schools, they need an educational guardian to look after them when they're mm-hmm. here. So that can be a family friend, it can be a business associate, aunt, uncle, um, be someone, in theory, they met on the plane on the way over, although that's a terrible <laughs> idea. Anyone over the age of 25 can be a guardian to an yeah. overseas student. But of course, lots of families choose to appoint um, a professional mm-hmm. guardianship agency like Pippa's Guardians, mm-hmm. of which there are lots in the UK, um, a right. surprising amount, around 70 regulated really? guardianship companies. Yeah, oh, well. There used to be four, <laughs> but uh, the market's changed a little. Um, so there are um, 29,000 overseas students studying in our UK boarding schools. Right, um, okay. So it makes up about 5 or 6% of students in the independent school sector, mm-hmm. um, which is, a, and about half of boarders are now from overseas. Right, And okay. the biggest market is obviously Hong Kong, China, although that's yeah. evolved this year. Um, and from our perspective, we're sort of in loco parentis, so we do what the parents would do in, in many respects. So mm-hmm. we go to parents' meetings. Um, we coordinate the transport from Heathrow to the school. Mm-hmm. Um, we respond in a crisis such as COVID or volcanic ash or forgotten passports or suspensions <laughs> or expulsions or diarrhea and vomiting or um, homesickness, bullying. I mean, you, you name it. I mean, it is, it is really never a dull day. Yeah. Um, and but I think one of the biggest assets we have as a company is we have a network of host families. Mm-hmm. So these are UK families um, who provide a warm welcome and a home away from home. Mm-hmm. for overseas students for their term breaks, whether those are weekend exeat breaks um, or half-term mm-hmm. half-term periods. So if the students stay here in the UK, which they mostly do, schools close, they obviously need to go to host families. Mm-hmm. And, that is, um, and, and that is a big part of our job, yeah. providing um, safe and welcoming host families yeah, for okay. those periods. And our host families can be families with young kids, mm-hmm. um, teenagers, so our students slot in and, and make friends with English. Children, or they can be sort of semi-retired because the kids are left home, Mm -hmm. a couple of spare rooms, and they love the companionship. It's clean. They cook beautiful meals. It's very peaceful. um, Allows our students to rest and study. Yeah, Um, yeah. We, I think, when I was 11, a long time ago, we used to host children from Thailand. Right, okay. Who came to the Elms School in Colwell in Morgan. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, one boy, Mo, who was from Phuket in Thailand, we used to host him. Um, and I'm still in touch with him now. Cool. Uh, he sells uh, super yachts in Thailand, as you really? know, <laughs> I think through daddy's business. But um, I mean, he was at prep school from the other side of the world. Yeah. We looked after him. Oh, such a nice guy. And uh, I lost touch with him, but I, called, I found him again on Facebook, funny enough, the other day. Oh, cool. And so when it works, when you you know enjoy hosting a student and they enjoy coming to you, it can be really brilliant. Yeah, and yeah, you can yeah. Make sort of friends for life, really. So, how did your mum get into that line of work? So, she was the registrar in admissions at Cheltenham College, and um, she could see that uh, overseas students were coming to the UK, mm-hmm. and they needed host families, and they needed a guardian. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was right in its infancy. So, China never sent overseas students until the late nineties, and right. with um, safeguarding and health and safety and all these other things the schools realized that these students needed a guardian, someone to look after them when they were here. Mm-hmm. And that's where, so mum could see, she was being asked in her role and I think she could see the opportunity. Right. But okay. she, she just did it from the kitchen table as a mum. Yeah. You know, she had sort of, um, to start with only a handful of students and then I think maybe up towards 40, towards the end and just looked after them as a mum really. So 
Right. Um, got to know them, went to visit them, you know, cared for them, um, and provided host families through people she knew locally or advertised locally. And, you know, kept it small, kept it to Malvern, Shrewsbury School, uh, we down to Taunton, maybe Wickham Abbey, Cheltenham, Cheltenham ladies, mm-hmm. um, and just took care of them as a mum, really, for 15, I think maybe 15 years, 16 possibly. Right, okay. Um, and then uh, I, I always loved what mum did. Yeah. Um, but I never really thought of it as a career, and I thought, and then after, after a period of working in Australia, I could see that she, she was sort of talking about retiring. Right, yeah. And, and I always thought, you know, what an opportunity that would be and what a great yeah. job as well. Yeah. And the timing was, we were so lucky. Mum wanted, I think, to retire or hand over. And I was looking to move back from Australia mm-hmm. to, to do something. I yeah, yeah. Want, with my four-month-old and my wife and um, took over for mum, really. And, uh, and that was eight, nine years ago now. Right, okay. And okay. the business is absolutely going great guns ever since yeah um, yeah okay so, so long may it last <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely uh so um what, what were you doing in australia before that then what's the early years of yeah ben? <laughs> well some of them i probably shouldn't mention but i went to university <laughs> out there um and got a degree uh which was great university called monash um and then after that completely unrelated i was an account manager for an it company oh so really we, i know yeah very different <laughs> so we own the networks and i manage like the talk talks and the gift gaffs and oh really um the plus nets and uh okay uh, so we provided the networks to these and i manage those accounts okay um and what t- what took you to australia in the first place then i know you said to do your degree but why yeah. i mean there's why did you go there so <laughs> after my after my a-levels i went to australia on a gap year ah uh, okay gotcha stayed 10 years <laughs> Good um, and beca- I've actually funny enough I became a citizen so I've got an Australian passport oh, right, okay. which because I went to uni out there and my uncle so I qualified we lived in Melbourne and I met my wife out there right um, okay. and uh, it was wonderful 10 years I mean yeah, I had yeah, time of my life I wouldn't yeah. change a minute of it but yeah. um, with family and kids as you know Dan things change yeah and uh, and I could see that perhaps the future was best in the UK right okay. than Australia although People think I'm mad, but you know, it was a wonderful <laughs> ten years, and it's an amazing yeah. country. But uh, I wouldn't want to live there. Yeah, you I'm wouldn't not, want to live there now. Not now. No, I'm very happy in little old Malvern. Okay, okay. Why? Um, well, I think work. Yeah, I love what I do. There's yeah, nothing yeah. like that yeah. in Australia. Um, and our family. You know, my wife's yeah, Irish. Yeah. So we're near her family. My yeah. dad are here. Um, okay, so just having everyone around and uh, yeah, and Australia's a great place, but it's um, the climate is. I, I much. I'm, people think I'm mad. I much prefer the English climate. <laughs> it's pretty savage over there, though, it isn't be. it? You know, it's you extremes, walk out yeah. the door and uh, you get burnt to shreds, don't you? You, you can do. So we're in <laughs> Melbourne. So Melbourne's Melbourne's quite European, yeah. um, climate-wise. But some of their summers are brutal. Yeah. We had, yeah. Um, I think it was 13 days over 40 degrees wow. um, every day, and like it doesn't dip below 30. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's unbelievable. The heat is just. Um, and then in midwinter, it's genuinely quite cold. Really? And it can, the weather can change in three minutes, <laughs> honest to God. You One minute baking, and then this cold front sweeps through, and it's, you know, eight degrees. And you're it's pretty relentless. But, yeah, um, yeah it's, a, it's a cracking place. Yeah, I, I, I well, I, I did a, like, gap year thing, like, you went out there for, did you? Where did think, you go? four months. I think I went into Sydney, yeah. and then went up the East Coast, and then up to Darwin, and then like just drove down through the middle and back yeah. to Sydney and then sort of worked in Sydney for a bit, like just on a building site. Yeah. But um, yeah, I remember once, it was quite early on when I was there and I'd just gone and laid on the beach, uh, on Bondi Beach, I think. And I got yeah. absolutely savagely sunburnt. And I went to the the, um, the pharmacy so and English. showed the guy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he just cracked up yeah. laughing at me. I was like, yeah, yeah, the English are here. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely savage. The sun is very strong. Yeah, they've got that hole in the ozone layer and all Something that, like I suppose, that. haven't yeah. they? Yeah, I had yeah. um, Christmas Day on Bondi once. Did you? Pond- oh, Pondi, nice. as they call it, on Christmas. And was it, it? it was fun, a good yeah. day out. It's an amazing place, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dr- so you drove from Darwin to Adelaide? Right uh, down the middle. Yeah, yeah, right down through the middle the way, no? and back down. Yeah, we did that in about two and a half days or something. I think yeah, we just did it like non-stop and yeah. stopped to climb Ayers Rock and then carried yes. on. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't remember why we were doing it so quickly, but um, 
you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, <laughs> good experience, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it was good fun, and then went over to New Zealand for a month after that, which uh, I really loved. Yeah, but you came home. That's cool. I came home. You didn't and stay you, for ten years. You just stayed for ten <laughs> years. I love it. Yeah, well, why, why not? I why mean, not? Uh, you know, yeah, it sounds like it was a good time. It was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. Cool. So, um, what was was Louise traveling out there as well? Was she, she was. Yeah. So right. when I met her, she was backpacking. Um, she's from Ireland with a few friends, and then. We met and she did a master's in um, HR right, okay. in Melbourne and then she retrained to be a teacher. Right, okay. Um, which, yeah, which was brilliant, you know, great for her. Yeah, 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 cool. So, um, so you came back, your mum's running the business, she's thinking she wants to retire. What, what's that sort of transition like then? Mm. You know, how did you do that? It was great because I think a lot of family businesses, sometimes the elder generation perhaps don't want to let go. Yeah, um, which I hope won't be the case for me when I'm older. But Mum, I think, <laughs> although she wanted it handover properly, she uh, she was ready to hand over as well. So, effectively, I worked for Mum. I think for a year or just under, learning the ropes, um, and then um, yeah, I can't, I can't remember the exact date. I mean, it seems like a long time ago. So I think mm. you know, she called it a day, and I and I took over from that point on. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah. we, yeah, I mean, I worked for a year. I mean, I had to learn. <laughs> from what I was doing, right? Yeah, yeah. And from the ground up, so you know everything from coordinating the travel to parents' meetings to who the students were to who mm -hmm. the key people in the school were, how to promote the business. Mm. Um, you know, I worked. I, I, I mean, looking back, I mean, I really did work very hard. It was <laughs> yeah. brilliant. Um, and the, but the first few years were frantic. Yeah, yeah. You know, trying to trying to take the business from forty five students. Uh, which is a lot in itself to do, to do properly. Yeah. To to where it is today, and um, but to do it properly, you know, not neglect them. Yeah. But also yeah. to grow it because I got a young family, mm. and I've got certain aspirations, mm. and you really want to make sure it can work. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was sort of in its infancy, but I was, I mean incredibly lucky that I the business started at forty five students and a mm -hmm. reputation rather than zero, and me trying to get it off the ground. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the challenges are the same, aren't they? Like you can, uh, I'm sure you can easily ruin a business that's got to that point overnight, can't you? I could have ruined it in 10 seconds. <laughs> I could have got, no joke, could have gone to China, Hong Kong, recruited all these students, promised the earth and just not look after them. Yeah, yeah. Anyone could do that. Yeah. Um, over deliver and under promise. And it's, it would be incredibly easy. So um, that was my biggest fear that mm. mum had worked 15 plus years <laughs> for her youngest to come along and decimate the business <laughs> um, that would not have been good um, yeah, yeah. but uh, so that was not so we're lucky not new business was never the biggest challenge or recruiting right. new, new students yeah it was sustaining the ones we you know that had registered with us and we were looking after that right, was okay. always the biggest challenge for the business and still continues to be the case um, we are wonderfully busy mm -hmm. wonderfully popular um, with overseas families. Mm -hmm. So that is not an anxiety of mine. Will the business grow? Mm. Um, although I always keep an eye on it. It's, you know, are we looking after these children properly? Mm. Um, mm. Because that's that's what it's all about. These are people's children. Yeah, and I guess it's very word of mouth. So if you do that bit properly, the growing the business part's going to take care of itself anyway, isn't it? 100%. You're quite yeah. right. So this whole business is built on reputation, mm. whether that's with schools, whether that's with um, companies that refer business to us. Mm -hmm. Critically with the parents, you know, Hong Kong is a huge market for us mm -hmm. and they are very closely connected. I mean, mm -hmm. physically closely because it's not a particularly big place. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also the network, the, yeah. the overseas parents who send their kids to UK boarding schools in Hong Kong, there aren't, you know, millions of them. Mm. So word of mouth is absolutely. And these forums that parents are on um, uh, or WhatsApp groups, yeah. you know, all about Gardish. I mean, it's very powerful. Yeah. So word of mouth is 100%. Yeah, you yeah. Know, our business is what it revolves on. So you had to be careful in those early stages, actually not to grow it too quickly and to sort of put the brakes on a little bit. Correct. And to take on students that were in schools that we knew and mm -hmm. we knew we could look after them. Mm -hmm. So there's no point looking after a student in North Yorkshire when yeah. we we're based in Morgan. You know, yeah, I could have done yeah. that, but, yeah. um, but we didn't because I knew I couldn't do it properly. So, yeah. But when you're an ambitious young guy, it's <laughs> yeah. quite hard to say no, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You, yeah, want, yeah. you want to take these kids on, but, yeah. um, you know, it was important we did it properly and grew slowly, organically. We didn't buy any businesses. We didn't buy a database. Mm -hmm. you know, we just grew, we've just grown slowly every year. 
yeah, yeah. year on year for the last eight, uh, nine years now. How many students do you look after now then? Just over, um, well, it's a good question. So physically in the UK, mm -hmm. because of COVID, it's just over 400. Right, okay. But uh, this September, it could be over 650. That wow. depends yeah. if COVID and numbers and how yeah, many students sure. physically have come. But on our books, it's just under 600 at the moment. Wow, so in terms of student numbers it's kind of like a 15 fold increase since when you started yep. it pretty much yeah well wow. yeah but it's been nine years so yeah yeah it's so slow slow growth and um critically the way the business is structured and this is the only way it works okay mm -hmm. there's no other way in my mind that this mm -hmm. business could work and we would be so popular is whilst i'm the guardian on the piece of paper it's me right okay um, the insurance is me buck stops with you correct yeah <laughs> um i employ um ex-registrars, ex-house mistresses, ex-matrons, mums, mm -hmm. a couple of them grannies now, yeah. who live from uh, Malvern to Canterbury to York to Yorkshire to Plymouth to Oundle, and they look after the students local to them. Mm -hmm. So uh, they're employed by me to get to know the kids, yeah. to build relationships with their families, yeah. to build relationships with the pastoral teams within the boarding schools, yeah. and to provide the host families as well. Yeah, um, and they are the point of contact for the overseas parents, and they are decent, kind, caring, compassionate people mm -hmm. um, who genuinely take an interest in the child mm -hmm. because that is their job and that is what they want to do. Yeah, because they're yeah. decent people. Yeah, and they visit them and they support them and they get to know them and they look after them from the age of seven, nine, eleven, whenever they arrive through to eighteen, mm -hmm. um, just as Mum did. You know, Mum was a mum, and that's what she did, and yeah. this is what they do. Um, yeah. And I have 25 area managers throughout the UK located near to the key boarding schools that we work with. Yeah. Um, okay. Offering that personal service as employees of the business. Okay. So when yeah. I go to Hong Kong or China and I promote Pippers to potential families, which is not um, a hardship, it's something I really enjoy doing. I, mm. of course, talk about mum and 1997 and 24 years and all this, but I'm really talking about the area manager. Yeah. And jackpot, you've got. Caroline looking after you at Cheltenham Ladies College or um, Vicky and Oundle or it doesn't matter um, and I promote the area manager and this is your point of contact and this is who's going to support your child yeah yeah and this is who's going to get to know you and your family and don't worry we have lovely safe and welcoming host families as well mm. so so your role then really is supporting all of the area managers I guess mm. and, and allowing them to do their best work mm. so we have a management structure so two regional managers Mm -hmm. who manage the area managers. Okay. Um, yeah. And so they're well supported. I, I hope they're yeah. well supported. I like to think they are. And then obviously <laughs> with the finance in the office, administration, travel, operations, safeguarding, huge, huge, huge part of our business is what, what does that mean when you say safeguarding exactly? So we've got 14-year-old girls, 14-year-old mm -hmm. boys, 7-year-old boys, girls, 18-year-olds going into host families mm. for half-term for exiats. Mm-hmm. So how do we know that that host family is safe okay. for that child? How do right. we know they're going to look after them properly? Yeah. Um, so you can imagine the safeguarding element to our business is endless. Mm, mm. Um, so the checks we have to place on the host family are onerous to make sure that our students are safe. Right, okay. And then further to that, we um, have to keep uh, our staff updated um, on all the safeguarding um, parts or elements that are relevant to their job. Like mental health, for example, is a huge issue at the moment. Um, so if our students are experiencing mental health problems, are we supporting them as best we can? Mm -hmm. We did a training session the other day on um, the transition for an overseas boarder, overseas student to a UK boarding school. And what, what's that like? You know? Right, okay. Boarding school is a tough place from, for UK kids, yeah. let alone flying from the other side of the world, yeah, yeah. to a school they may or may not have seen before. Yeah. Um, with new people in an environment they're not unfamiliar with, you know. So how how can we help with that transition? Things like e-safety, you know, huge part of our job. And so the ongoing safeguarding, training, and support for our staff is endless, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah can imagine. Yeah. So it's our as our com as the company, it's probably our biggest risk. So if something you know, untoward happened. That's a you know, and so we have to do everything we can mm. to make sure that that isn't the case. That our host families are safe decent people who are doing it for the right reasons yeah and i yeah. have a head of safeguarding imogen who's completely brilliant yeah 
um, and her role is to keep Pippa safe. Um, we're regulated by an organization called Aegis, um, right. A-E-G-I-S, mm-hmm. um, and they inspect us every four years. And like mm-hmm. the Ofsted for education, uh, Aegis is for guardianship. Okay, gotcha. I'm also a trustee for Aegis, so I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, and they do really great things, but that ensures that our safeguarding standards are kept as high as possible. Okay, yeah. And, and yeah. it is all safeguarding. Yeah, that's, that's what it boils down to at the end of the day. Yeah, and I imagine that's kind of, in a way, a, a, a tricky one to negotiate with the host families themselves because you don't want to be sort of seem to be accusational or anything or intrusive, but you've got to ask the right mm. questions to try and find out the information. Definitely. Yeah, it's tricky, actually. It's good because at the same time, you, you we need host families to look after the students. So we're, yeah. <laughs> we're like, well, please join us. You know, we need, yeah. thank you, you're a lovely house near a beautiful school. Let's please work with us. Um, but at the same time, we need to make sure they're safe. And actually, if they don't like those questions, then so be it. That's probably a good sign that they're but, not the right people. But I think if we explain why yeah. we, we are asking them, yeah. or why we're doing the checks, why do we need a gas safety certificate, you know, why do we do DBS checks, checking with the low safe, safeguarding body, yeah. um, why, do, um, why do we have to look at every room in your house and all these sort of things, and these endless sort of leading questions and look through their bookcase and try and get an understanding of them as a family. Right, okay. We, we have to do all of that to make sure that, you know, our students are going to be well looked after. So it kind of, well, yeah, it's pretty complex when you start going through all those, like, individual, yeah. those things, like, yeah, checking the bookcase and it's got well, some psychological sort correct. of <laughs> analysis. Well, DVDs, you know, what, what are they? Yeah. yeah, so you're right. And, you know, some, some families, you know, very rarely, thankfully, but some families don't don't like it. But for the most part, they they're very happy because they yeah. understand it's safeguarding and it's children. Yeah, sure. Um, and and we've had host families with us, you know, for twenty three years now. Right. Um, and oh. um, and you know they keep in touch with their kids, the students they look after. We see that all the time. We had one family in Malden who looked after a Burmese family, all three kids. Right. Um, went to boarding school here and they looked after them yeah lovely couple and they were invited out to burma and i'm <laughs> cool. not joking they went out for three weeks to burma yeah nice. um so so the dad was so grateful i mean that's obviously quite rare but um those are the kind of relationships because yeah. these kids are not here for two weeks in the summer holiday for a language course they're here for their education so if a host family enjoys having them and they enjoy going to the host family then you can build those long-term relationships, yeah. which is what our host families want. Yeah, but it's also yeah. best for the child, of course. Yeah, same sure. family over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, did did your mum have employees when, she, by the time you took on the business, she or? had a couple of her friends helping her. Right. I'm okay, not sure yeah. they had, well, employment contracts. I, I, I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It was a different time. Yeah, it was a little bit. Um, <laughs> please join me here, handshake. <laughs> But they were friends of hers. Yeah, yeah. So who sure. helped her? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, but um, I'm just thinking, like, in terms of your your journey and everything. Yeah. You know, you've obviously had to learn a lot about employing people, oh, leadership, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, how's that been? Yeah, it's been a journey. <laughs> yeah. And when I first took on my first staff member, well, I was like, I mean, I didn't say this to them, but I was thinking, I have no idea what I'm doing. But please. <laughs> Come join me, and I promise we'll do it properly. And yeah. Let's just look after the kids as well as we can. Yeah. But in terms of contracts or reviews or um, all that sort of stuff, appraisals, you know, uh, you know, is clued us. Yeah. And yeah. we now have thirty-four staff yeah. and a real structure to the business. Um, but it's been trial and error, of course. Yeah. It's not always been plain plain sailing. But I think employing people um, or employing the right type of person—that's probably been the biggest learning curve. So. Right. Okay. Previously, I'd be looking, I'd be, it's difficult sale, that's me, you know, please join me. Let's look after these kids. Mm. You know, you seem nice, let's go for it. Do all the checks, obviously, safeguarding. Um, and now, I absolutely have a laser focus on the exact type of person I'm looking to employ. Right, okay. Um, and I know, so I know who I want. Right. And where they need to be located. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, <clears throat> and because of the... I think because of the nature of the business, like we're looking after people's children mm. and we do it properly. We're not cutting corners or not mm. really caring for them. We are genuinely doing it. And it's not me. It's my staff. It's my yeah. area managers. Yeah, yeah. Um, for the most part, that is quite an attractive job Yeah. Um, because they're making a difference. It's yeah. something that's really meaningful. So they're getting to know these kids and making a difference. Mm. Um, 
and they're like I said they're here for five years or eight years or two mm. years and they really are involved in their lives and the parents are incredibly grateful so we are now much better placed to attract really great staff yeah to sure. the business um, and uh, and for the right individual it really does suit them they work from home the hours are very flexible mm. um, of course they get paid uh, an okay amount so I'm not sure I'm not sure um, how it compares really but but more importantly than all of that they are making a difference yeah so they're sure. looking after anxious 13 year old boys and girls flying over from the other side of the world you know going to their boarding school we meet them with their parents in their local hotel normally yeah very emotive time for everyone as you can imagine yeah yeah and we yeah, get sure. to know them and reassure the parents and the parents you know desperate really the parents fly home without their kids you know I think it's yeah. a lot harder for them than it is for the children yeah, yeah, you can't really imagine doing that, can you? <laughs> well, before I had kids, I'm like, come on over. Yeah. We've got great schools. Yeah, you know, yeah. These are the best in the world. And now I'm like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> My daughter boards one night a week, and I'm like, Jesus, see you tomorrow. You know, I'd, I can't stand it, but um, she loves it, so it's okay. But that's, you know, it's one night. These, yeah, these yeah. parents are saying goodbye for, for the term. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and the other side, their, of, other side of the world. They miss their kids terribly. And yeah. Uh, I, I firmly believe it's a lot uh, harder to leave. It's um, harder to leave and harder to leave and stay behind. <laughs> Sorry, what I'm trying to say is, when a when a parent comes over with their child, yeah, they take them into the boarding school. The children are mostly okay, mm. happy, thriving, making friends, busy, really mm. busy. Schools are so busy, and the poor parents fly home without their kids. Yeah, and I think it's terribly hard for them. And um, and we're obviously sat with them, reassuring them. Um, and then the area manager's physically visiting that child mm. quite quickly, making yeah, sure everything's sure. okay. Yeah. And the parents are just unbelievably thankful to us for doing that. Yeah, and you're um, updating them regularly and yeah. keeping them sort of... Uh, Up to date. Yeah, yeah. And that's, the, that's, where we're, that's where we're positioned in the market. So there's mm. lots of us, as I said, 70 customers, but we offer that personal, supportive, professional mm. guardianship service. So, mm. You know, regular visits, lots of communication mm. to mum and dad, um, and that's where we're positioned in the market. Yeah, and I think that's why we're so popular because, um, you know, these children are properly looked after by yeah. someone local to their school who actually knows them and their family really well. Yeah, nice, yeah. nice. So that's how we're positioned. So your your sort of journey then, learning all of that as mm. a you know as a businessman mm. and everything, it was it purely trial and error. Or have you sort of like had? You know, have you sought out mentors along the mm. way and that sort of thing to... I've had a few mentors. I've yeah. had three. Yeah. Um, so that's... But only more latterly, really, not at the beginning. Yeah. So I guess when I, when I was in Australia, I worked for quite a big company, 500 employees. Right. Uh, and then I worked for a really small company with 10, and it was right. a family business. Yeah. And I just learned tons. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I think a lot of what I do is just... Um, my experience mm-hmm. and what I feel is the right thing to do because mm-hmm. you know as a business owner what what I think is right <laughs> yeah. for my for my staff because you know to, to recruit and retain staff is critical yeah um, so things like working from home or flexible working you know so they do Pilates or horse riding or golf I mean it, I don't care it doesn't matter yeah <laughs> as long as these children are looked after properly yeah um, you know that's the key so so uh, so lots of flexible working, things like that, mm. meaningful work. But um, yes, I have had mentors. I haven't got one at the moment. Um, maybe I should. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah. When I was sort of doing my career change and everything, mm. and at some point it dawned on me that like most people have a mentor or coach mm. or something. Even like the most successful people in the world, you mm. know, they have someone that they go to, and it's that sort of realization. It, it sort of realizing that actually not everyone knows what they're doing Definitely. they're just sort of uh trying to get by in the same way as, as yeah. you and me sort of thing the best mentor i ever had he never gave me the answers but yeah. he, he led me to the right answers right okay. so he wouldn't tell me yes or no but he would i would we would work it out and he would get me there eventually yeah he yeah knew the business through and through and really cared yeah yeah uh, so he, he made a big difference um but there are lots of mentors out there yeah um, so you've got to, i think it's personality as well you've got to find someone you respect and um you want to listen to yeah that's the key yeah absolutely yeah Mm. absolutely and do you when you when you're recruiting your staff then is that kind of generally referrals or are you putting ads out and people are coming to you kind of thing it's mostly adverts yeah yeah which uh, referrals would be lovely but like you say you've got such a 
such an accurate idea of who you need that it works that way. You so. can quite quickly filter yeah. you know, all those that aren't suitable. Yeah. And I'm not saying they need to have boarding school background or be a matron or mum or anything like that. Mm. You know, they just need to be the right type of person. Yeah. So yeah. someone who's decent, kind, trustworthy, compassionate, caring, supportive, organised. These are the types of people we are looking for. How, how do you how do you filter that though? Because if they just come in for an interview, it must be yeah. quite hard because yep. anyone can say anything. Correct. Yeah, it's very well at the first round. So we we normally speak to them on the phone, uh-huh. and you quite quickly gauge really on the phone. What what are the signs? Um, well, I always so why are you looking to change? You know, if they're looking to change because they don't like their job, or they're bored, well, that's not a great indication. It's because they right. like the idea of what what we do okay yeah um and background is really important don't get me wrong mm-hmm. um you know if they if they know about boarding school that helps but it's not critical mm-hmm. um but you just get a sort of sense of the person really and who they are and what they're about and what they what they're looking for yeah um and why they've applied for the job if you can sort of try and get behind the um get behind that mm. um scratch beneath the surface a little bit then often that leads to an interview mm-hmm. um but interviewing's tough you know we're yeah. interviewing all day tuesday to do it properly is tiring. Is it? Yeah. Oh man. Because um, <laughs> anyone, like you said, you've got an hour, or whatever it is, you know, people can make a good impression in an hour. Yeah. And you're sat there going, "Well, this is my business. They are going to represent my business. Yeah. They are critical um, to me. They're customer facing. Mm-hmm. How do I know they're not going to? You know, how do I know it's all going to work out? Yeah, sure. And it doesn't always. You know, no one, yeah. no one would ever say it always works out. But for the most part. I, I rely, rightly or wrongly, Dan, I don't know, I rely solely on instinct. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's got to be right, hasn't it? I mean, uh, yeah. in fact, the very first episode of this podcast I did with Ian Woodley, who's a designer. Oh, yeah, I, I've used Ian. Do you know him? Yeah, oh, yeah. Right, okay. Stylo, he's a lovely guy. Yeah, he yeah. He did a few yeah. things for us recently. Yeah, top bloke. He's, yeah. he's very, uh, very skilled. And yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of what came out in his interview was about trusting your gut. And mm. um, yeah, and uh, so it was interesting. He was saying, you know, every every step and in fact he just recently put up a post saying, talking about expanding and everything and sort of trusting his gut that that's the right thing to do but yeah. you've got to haven't you really how many times have you said to yourself I wish I'd listened to my gut instinct yeah because you've gone <laughs> against it yeah you know and uh, countless is the answer yeah, but yeah I think it's critical yeah um, I don't think I don't know if it's you'd read that in business management 101 but uh, it works for me <laughs> yeah no Maybe, I don't know, there's, there's like a sort of sixth sense, isn't there, that you can sort of tell what the right thing to do is. I suppose for you, in your line of work, having the right type of customer, you know, you might meet a customer. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially if you're really busy and you and just something saying, do you know what, I'm not quite sure I want to work with this yeah. person. Do, <laughs> yeah. you know, do you know what I mean? Because they're yeah, either yeah, too demanding yeah. or they want to control everything or I don't know. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Or they're going to be bad pairs, who knows. But, um, yeah, it's true. You can You can sort of tell up front you know it's normally a conversation around budget or something like that or yeah can you do us a quick video or something yeah. like that and you're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah or i've only got 800 quid for a video yeah, and you're yeah, going, yeah. Well, it's, it's nothing near that yeah and you don't yeah. want to compromise yourself by making an 800 pound video yeah exactly well yeah you end up you know and we've done it at, at points here and there where you've gone okay it's a good opportunity yeah. or whatever and you end yeah. up just squeezing yourself and rushing it or just feeling time pressure and, and resentful of the end product because you might not like it exactly it's no good for anyone is it you're doing the the client a disservice yeah we <laughs> it's funny you say that so in our world we get asked most days for a discount on our fees do you really and i used to do it right um but now no yeah no yeah i've come to the conclusion if you want a discount don't come to me yeah not because i'm being tight or greedy but because I'm not, I'm not. I don't want that customer. Mm. You know, if you want a cheaper, cheaper service, whether it's you know videography or guardianship, mm. well, don't don't come to us. You know, yeah, there's lots yeah. of people who'll do it for less money. But if you want the real deal, and I think people respect that. Yeah. So if if I if I went to three videographers and one was a third the price and the other two, I'd be going, well, what's wrong with them? Yeah. <laughs> why, yeah. Even if they promised me everything was the same, yeah, I would just think, well, there's something. You know, you get what you yeah. pay for at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very true, and it's, but it's hard, isn't it, to get to that point? It I does think. take time. Um, Reputation. Yeah, I'm surprised, like in a way, that you would get asked to discount mm. so much because I always thought, I always thought the trouble with what I do is you, mm. you're scoping something out and you're estimating how much time it's going to take, mm. and then you're giving a price. So mm. if someone says, "Can you discount?" you can kind of be, 
you can kind of be a bit like, well, I suppose I could, because mm. I'm estimating it. Mm. Whereas you've got a fixed price, mm. and it's like when you go into a shop and mm. you know a shirt costs twenty quid or whatever, mm. that's the price. Mm. So I'm surprised that them people are asking for. And it's their discount. child, so to discount the service their child is getting <laughs> is yeah. unusual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's and these people are wealthy. You know, boarding yeah. schools are forty five grand a year. Yeah. So um, I think it's more the idea of it that they're getting value. Okay. And there's yeah. also a cultural. I was going to say, is it a cultural thing? Yeah. yeah. So so I, <laughs> I don't have any really any customers from India because because they always ask and I just say no. Right. Okay. Um, but in I, my understanding, in India, that's just the norm. It's part of the process. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just not the way I roll. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess you. I don't know. Do they, do people just play the game where you say, mm. I don't know if it was instead of it was a thousand, you say the price in India is twelve hundred, yeah. and then someone asks for a discount, and you go, okay. They would they would work out though that they, I charge someone else a thousand. <laughs> so I don't I don't know I don't know if, how that would work. I like the idea of it, but um, but like anything, you know, a lot of my competitors do a great job, mm -hmm. fantastic job, but they're they're less expensive than us, and um, yeah. So I always say, well, there's tons of other options. It depends what you're looking for. Yeah, this yeah. Is who we are, but we're not for everyone. Yeah, no. I think once you're in that position, you know, take it or leave it. Here's here, this is us. Mm. Um, that's quite a powerful position because it sort mm. of makes it a bit more attainable. Yeah. So yeah. in your world, you know, if you were a videographer and this is my price, this is how good my previous videos are. Mm. But I'm not for everyone. Mm. You can get it for less if you want. But this yeah. is me. Yeah. That's quite. Um, it's quite um, impactful, I think. Yeah, well, I hope so, because it's a very timely conversation, because I literally just fired off an email yeah. earlier on with pretty much those exact yeah. words. So. And sometimes if you discount, <laughs> um, you know, obviously a financial impact, but you just, I don't know, do you want them as a customer? I don't know. It's tricky. Well, but no, then you want yeah, the business yeah. as well. It depends on the... That depends on the margins. The thing it? is, the ones that push you on on price and things and want the discount are usually the trickiest yes. customers as well. A hundred percent, that I could not agree more, and that's why I don't want them as customers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, don't I couldn't agree more with what you just said. Yeah, yeah. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Whereas the one, yeah, the ones that are happy to pay are just that they, they want you because they know that you're going to do a good job, and yeah. they want you for what you're doing, don't they? And that's that's the type of customer but it takes mm. time doesn't it to get mm. you can't do that on day one yeah yeah how um, many years did it take you to get to that point then? probably four five yeah, yeah. right okay of okay. really 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 hard work yeah um and now you know this is us mm. you know good luck this is what we do and mm. be quick because we're busy yeah <laughs> um but we're not absolutely no way i'd say we're for everyone you know a lot of people yeah. don't want the service that we provide yeah but that's fine, you know. Well, you don't need everyone either, do you? That's the thing. I mean, you don't you don't need to appeal to yeah. absolutely every child that's coming over from. <laughs> yeah, imagine, Jesus, five thousand staff. <laughs> but I think it. Um, but it's taken me a long time to get to to have the confidence to say that. Yeah. To a customer. Yeah. Whereas before I might have discounted, or. But now I'm like, well, you know what? But it's, mm. it did take me quite a while to get there. Yeah, yeah. To have the confidence in the product to say that. Yeah. Because you can't say that and then not deliver. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you can, but you will be, you know, it's not going to end, end well, is it? Yeah, well, no. Um, I'll do you a great uh, video and then do a crap one. You know? Yeah, no, no, no. Well, it's like you are saying before, you know, you, the hard work is, is providing the service and then that's what leads to the referrals and everything. You've still got to, yeah, you've, you've got to concentrate on that, haven't you? And then that other part takes care of itself to some extent. But I suppose in your, in your world, the more experience you get, the more videos you do, and the more you know you can promote them mm. and the better they look you know they're going to look great the more you can charge for your time because you've got mm. that background that experience the credibility yeah well that's it i mean and it boils down to time i guess a lot of your work yeah it boils down to time and then hopefully also the value that we're creating for that business because the idea is that we create them a video that's going to generate them you know a, a decent return on that investment i suppose and uh, Got to take that into account as well, haven't you? I think if you, <laughs> when it comes to the pricing, so in our world, we here's our price and we explain what it is and why it is that and what you yeah. get. And it, you know, we have quite a few documents around that, and yeah. so they can understand. You know, these people are employed. Yeah, we do a lot for your child. You know, yeah. finding good host families is hard. Mm. You know, so a bit of background. Mm. Um, 
you know, if you can sort of explain the reason behind it, then I think that, that makes a big difference. Yeah, and they don't want people that are sort of scrimping on time finding the host families either, do they? Or scrimping on safeguarding. Yeah, exactly. Or who just, in in what I do, just not looking after the child because they're not interested in them. Yeah. You know, so they just don't invest the time in them. Um, Yeah. That's not the type of customer we have. Yeah, absolutely. But but a lot of parents do look for a guardian Mm -hmm. who is hands-off. If there's a problem, give me a call. Right, okay. Um, And they only respond in emergencies. Right, okay. Um, and they, they may be slightly more European families because they're mm. closer, obviously. Mm. Um, which is why we our market share in Europe is not as great as it is in Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we still have lots of European customers who value that level of service and that commitment. Yeah. And the fact that someone's near their child. So if there's a problem like COVID or volcanic ash or you've got to, you name it, um, someone who's actually <laughs> physically near their child who's going to take care of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, um, I suppose we should say like, because you're always on the lookout for good host families, always. right? Yeah, thanks, Dan. <laughs> so we should put a little shout-out. you got to spare rooms? Saying, absolutely no, I don't not. think you don't, do you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, if anyone's interested in being a host family, it does sound like it's a, a rich experience. It can be brilliant. Yeah, for the right family. It yeah. works. It can work really well. Um, so, uh, and, and hugely rewarding for the family, but um, beneficial for these, for these children. You know, they're mm-hmm. miles from home. You know, mm. Some of them are nine years old, you know. Mm. Um, they need a home away from home, somewhere safe, where they can relax. Mm-hmm. Um, and the parents, you know, are incredibly grateful to our host families. Yeah. Um, and you can really, really get to know them over a long period of time and make mm-hmm. a huge difference to a young person's life. Yeah. So um, it's it, for the right type of family, and these are semi-retired people, couples, mm-hmm. kids left home, not yeah. your traditional two point four family. You know, fantastic opportunity. Yeah. Um, and you get paid a little bit as well. Yeah. Okay. So people can uh, come to your website, I guess. Yeah. Pips Guardians. Find you on LinkteIn. Yeah, yeah. Or, LinkedIn. or if they've got WeChat. <laughs> or WeChat. I'd be surprised. <laughs> uh, or email Jody J O D I E at pippersguardians.co.uk. Okay, excellent. Judy at pippersguardians. She helps with recruitment. Okay, fantastic. Amongst many other things. Cool. Well, we've uh, we've smashed through 51 minutes there, would you believe it or not? Are you serious? Yeah, I know. I looked at it about half an hour ago and uh, I thought, yeah, we'll get to about half an hour probably. (laughs) Run out of things to talk about. There you go. Yeah, amazing. I have to admit, I've really enjoyed it. Oh, Um, good, me too. I've never done this before, but I I appreciate, appreciate your time. Oh, no, I, I appreciate yours, mate. You've come <laughs> over and done this. Uh, thank you very much. Okay. And um, I shall see you soon. Thanks, Dan. Cheers. Cheers. You've been listening to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. You can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at danbarkerstudios.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.